Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Aquaman, use your hydrokinesis. My what the what? Your water controlling powers. Yes, my hydrokinesis. Safe to say, that's a wrap. Then to the mystery analyst meeting. Outrageous! Let's get going. It's secret invite only, Aquaman. You're not a detective. Not a detective? Why, I'm a whiz at sleuthing out hidden undersea currents. That's oceanography, not criminal investigation. Plus, I can identify 900 species of fish on sight alone. That's ichthyology. Precisely. And who's better at detecting those nasty, hard-to-reach volcanic fissures, eh? Me, that's who. Again, oceanography. But thanks for mopping up. What's up, Primers, and welcome to this issue 91 of the DC Primetime podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, it's going to be issue 100 before we know it. We're, we're getting close. Yeah, yeah, we really are. We're getting really, really close. <laughs> so I'm trying to determine. I know we're about like we're going to be nine issues out from 100. We're going to be the seasons are going to be full fledged back in. So, and I know we're planning some, we're hoping for some special stuff to happen on that 100th. It's yeah, going to be but we, a, will, we, we will say nothing on what that could be. No, not yet, because we yeah. want to make sure it happens first before we do it. But if it happens, um, most likely, we're not going to start that issue by saying this will be a short one. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be like, this will be a long one. <laughs> and every interview cancels, and we're like, we forgot to watch the show. <laughs> you this just week. ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> you, we just got done saying we weren't going to say what it was, and you just said what we were going to do. Well, we don't know if we have any interviews. That's so, true. so that so secrets out of early, the bag. We're, we're early planning stages. Yes, but early. you don't know who interviews are because we've true. had a lot of friends on the show too. So that's true. That's and true. other other podcast people and all this stuff. So you guys have no idea what we're trying to do. So yeah. we're going to leave it at that. Uh, but introductions, since we I kind of moved right past that from the showcast spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am broken. No, just kidding. <laughs> I am uh, uh, Rob Martin. Uh, you guys are still hearing this at a normal time, but we are recording a little bit earlier than normal. We usually record on Sundays, post on Sunday night, and then stream on Monday mornings. Uh, but we're recording a little earlier in the week because we wanted to give ourselves a little extra time before everything jumps back into full swing next week. We get uh, the returns of The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and the beginning of Black Lightning, which I'm really excited about. 
Mm-hmm. So I think, with the exception of Legends of Tomorrow, no, actually, I take that. I, I take back what I was going to almost said. We've started from the beginning. I think of almost every show, with the exception of Flash and Arrow, haven't we? Uh, yeah, yeah. We started. Or, wait, we started at the beginning. Uh, of... Supergirl. I think we jumped in a little late. Okay, but we were uh, still Supergirl, in the first I, we, season. Supergirl, I believe we started on episode nine. I want to okay. say sounds right. All right, that makes that makes a little sense. Yeah, I have to go back and check. But I know we started in the first season of Supergirl. Uh, mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow, we started right from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to starting fresh with another new show. Yeah, it, it's I, I'm really kind of looking forward to that because it's that's the nice part about doing that with Legends is because Legends is a show I think I I've got my most reverence for uh, currently at this time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love all these other shows, but Legends, it, it's kind of been fun that we've talked about it since the beginning. Yeah. So it'll be nice to have another show like that where we can say we've been there since number one, you know. And I know soon enough we're going to um, – we'll be with Titans too if we start covering that. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we'll, we'll be covering that regardless. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to make you. I love Titans. Oh, so, I'll, be, I'll, um, I'll be watching. Don't worry. I'll, I'll unless watch. it's horrible. But we got some stuff to talk about in the news anyway, though, too, and we might as well bring it up. There was something that was dropped about uh, Krypton that I'm like, ah, why? I don't want to know this. Now I have to watch this show. I still don't know if it's enough to make me watch it. Ah, dude, I love the Green Lantern Corps, though. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that they said the Green Lantern Corps is definitely going to play a role in this this series. And the fact that we also found out something else, which was... Um, which we all thought was kind of weird that Adam Strange was the was this character, and this is like how we felt that he's time traveling and he knows about Superman and Clark and has to go back and do something to make sure Clark still exists, and he's one of the main character pieces of this show. And I'm like, okay, that's not a take I expected, and um, I'm I'm okay with this concept idea. Now. No, but see, knowing that now, I'm kind of intrigued because yeah, I uh, didn't want to watch this show because I'm like, I really don't want to watch a show about Superman's grandfather, Kal-El's grandfather. I could care less. And now that knowing that Kal-El and Clark, uh, you know, Kal-El Clark Superman is still technically, in some way, going to be a part of this show, even though he technically doesn't exist yet. Uh, now I'm kind of intrigued. The knowledge of Damn him you. exists. The knowledge of him exists. I don't think we're going to see him. No. Uh, we did find out, though, officially, it is sci-fi's most expensive show in the history of this uh, of their network ever. That's not saying much. Uh, have, have you, you seen... watched Magicians? Have you watched, you know, there's there's been a lot of really good shows that have been on sci-fi. Have you, have you seen some of the movies they've put out? Well, their movies are pretty bad. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, besides the point, hey, I got Alien Apocalypse. I yes. got the man with the screaming brain. Yep. I think, you know, it's okay. I uh, love those too. I do too. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, honestly, though, sci-fi does do a great job dumping money into shows that they think are going to do something special. Uh, again, Magicians is is one of those shows too. And uh, that's an amazingly underrated television show if you don't watch. So um, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. Uh, I I loved BSG, all these things. So it, it's – I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Hey, I'm still a big fan of Eureka. Yeah. I loved Eureka. Warehouse 13. Haven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, all right. Uh, uh, now I'm intrigued, and now i got to watch it. Damn you. It doesn't mean we're going to cover it. No, But no, I am going to watch it. Yeah, still going to watch <laughs> we'll, it. We'll maybe do a quick review of the 
opening episode and leave it at that. So, so. now we've got, what, five Arrowverse shows, Teen Titans, Krypton, seven shows, not necessarily, like you said, covering, but at least seven DC shows I got to watch. Well, there's Gotham's out there, too. So. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, Lucifer. That's nine. Uh, uh, iZombie. <laughs> I don't watch iZombie. Oh, it's so I, good. I stopped after the first season. I love that show. It's so dumb and so wonderful. <laughs> uh, so we were trying to figure out what we were going to do this week, and it literally came uh, real quick. It came kind of at a whim. We were, you know, you text me and you're like, hey, you want to record early this week? I was like, sure. Uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, Seven o'clock Thursday work? Yeah, that's fine. What are we going to do? No idea. And I love it. It's like it's like not like we, it's going to matter if we do it on Thursday or Sunday because we had no idea what we were going to do on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. And then you're like, I just put up Batman, uh, Batman Brave of the Bold meets Scooby Doo, and I'm like, well, there we go, we have yep. our show. Uh, Both of us not really thinking much about it. So no, and um, afterwards watching, I think we both watched last night, um, mm-hmm. so it's still kind of fresh in our brain. And um, I'm so glad we decided to do this on a whim because uh, this was one of the best decisions we've ever made. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I watched uh, not all of Batman Brave and the Bold. I, I watched random episodes, and every time I did, I I, I adored the show. Uh, it was incredibly funny. I love that 1950s, 1960s look. Like, you know, you have that Bill Dozier-looking version of Joker. All these wonderful different, you know, design choices that just have this really fun, like, you know, era about them. And... I was not sure, and I didn't even know this movie was coming out until I saw something randomly. And you said I put up Batman Brave and the Bold Scooby Doo, and like, wait, what? They're they're making they made another one. They made <laughs> another Batman meets Scooby Doo that's not Super Friends. And when I heard saw Brave and the Bold, I'm like, oh no, shit! <laughs> so um, I was really excited to watch this. So I did that last night, and uh, I was about an hour into it. Out of like, it's about what an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty. Yeah, about that. I think it's seventy four uh, minutes. Yeah, something like that. And I, I remember messaging him, like, dude, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to, you know, again, it's kind of short notice. We did it on a whim, but we're going to talk uh, Scooby-Doo and Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, and we're going to do it like we usually do any kind of television show or movie. We're going to give it a rating. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite parts. I really don't know if we have any least favorite parts, which is a good thing. Um, but then we'll cover that for a little while. We'll do the news, and then we'll we'll get on our way so we can kind of gear up for this uh, season return next week of all these shows, uh, yeah. but um, yeah. So Scooby Doo, Brave and the Bold, uh, Scooby Doo and Batman, Brave and the Bold. I never really watched Brave and the Bold, uh, but I will now, knowing the voice. The voice cast in this is amazing, and when I say amazing, as far as the voice cast goes, it I'm talking from a voice actor point of view, uh, not obviously you know William Shatner and. Adam West and Burt Ward like we got with with the other animated series. But this is a stacked deck as far as voice actors go. Uh, And there are a a couple notable actors in here as well. I mean, Matthew Lillard, who is lifetime Shaggy Rogers from now on. Yeah, pretty much until he can't do the voice anymore. He will be doing it for until he's capable. Yeah. So. Uh, but you had Kate Micucci doing Velma um, from from the Scooby-Doo gang. Uh, John Michael Higgins, who was a voice actor for Brave and the Bold doing the Riddler, but he's also a well actor. And, uh, you know, a well-known actor, Dedrick Bader, who does the voice of Batman, Brave and the Bold. Who Frank I, Welker is still coming back to do dude, Fred, Fred I, Jones, who's I'm, been doing it all, since the, what, 70s, since 80s? The be- no, since the beginning, 1969. 
Oh my god, I, you know, Frank Welker is just—he is—he's you know—it's crazy to think he's still doing well, so much. Well, here's the thing too: when we were watching that, you know what? Let's do the rating first, and then we'll okay. we'll, we'll jump right. to that. Um, but we're gonna do our one of—we're th- gonna do our double ranking on this one. We'll go one of three points: sidekick, hero, or legend, and then we'll go one to ten as well. Uh, one to three being sidekick, four to seven being hero, and then. Um, uh, eight, nine, ten being legend. So we'll start with you. What do you give uh, Scooby Doo and Batman: Brave and the Bold? Uh, legend, no okay. questions asked. Uh, one to ten. Uh, one to ten. Um, I, 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 I don't really, rarely do this, but I'm giving it a ten out of ten. Okay, uh, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm pretty much right there with you. I'm going legend. Uh, I'm not going to give it a perfect 10 just because I it takes a lot to get me to a perfect 10. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'll give it a perfect 10, but it's getting a 9.5. It's dude, it's pretty damn high on my list. So Fair. yeah, I, I there was a couple enough things that they did that um anytime I stopped to be like, do I is this rough? Is this not is is there are there problems here? Am I ever getting bored? I'm like, no, I just want more. Um because if there's a reason I this worked so well when we were kids. Yeah. Um, Scooby-Doo and Batman, because of how over the top they are, the villains, all the little things, they blend together so seamlessly. And you see that show and hold so true the moment that you see the villain in this, which is the Crimson Cloak. Um, and, you know, a brand new villain who turns out to be not such a brand new villain, which yeah. we all pretty guessed very easily on. But uh and early on into this but i will say when you see that design it 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 screams batman and it screams scooby-doo at the same time and it it was one of those things that i give them so much credit for pulling this off so incredibly well yeah i grew up uh practically i practically grew up on scooby-doo i Mm -hmm. absolutely loved scooby-doo when i was younger it was my all-time favorite cartoon so you know I, i loved going back and reliving this um, you know, reliving us watching a Scooby Doo movie. I haven't watched a Scooby Doo film in probably close to twenty years. You know, probably like two decades. So this was the first thing I had ever watched, other than the the live action films, um, in which Ma- it was what got Matthew Lillard pretty much his lifetime contract to to do Shaggy Rogers. Uh, you know, but going back and rewatching this it's so funny because i knew that matthew lillard already was the voice of uh shaggy i knew kate micucci was the voice of velma and she's a perfect voice cast for for velma um daphne i I was unfamiliar with but you know sounded great and then i got to fred and I, i even said it as i was watching i said i was like you know what i'm like i don't know who's doing fred's voice right now but it's pretty spot on to the original fred and then you're like, oh, it is still the original I, Fred. And I had to Google it, and I, I was like, Frank Welker? Holy shit, it is the original Fred. I mean, and he's in his, I think, 70s at this point. He's got to be. Uh, I mean, Christ, he was, he's, uh, you know, if you ever feel like seeing what Frank Welker is responsible for. Oh, my in, God, it's incredible. In just the realm of voice acting he is still to this day one of the gods. Yeah. I mean, no one will ever, ever, ever trump him. Probably for the sheer amount of roles and consistency of being able to do these roles. Um, he's honestly – and the funny thing is he's such a quiet guy too. Um, you know, if you, 
there's very, very few interviews that exist with Frank Welker. Um, and he's something he just likes to stay out of the limelight. He likes to just jump in, come to the booth, talk to his friends, and that's the end of it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, they said uh, the only time you get to, even the voice actors that are close to him, said the only time you'll ever get a chance to talk to him is if you're on uh, just out and playing golf with him. And that's about it. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, just looking, he's 71, by the way. But I mean, you look, you mentioned like his long career. You look at, started in 1969 with Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And moved on to, you know, the movies that came after that. But some of the other things, he was a voice of um, multiple voices in the Super Friends back in the, you know, the early 70s. He was Megatron and Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, you know, Hong Kong Fooey. Um Wait a minute. He's he's oh yeah, Megatron. I'm thinking Optimus. Yeah. I'm like, no, he's not Optimus. Uh, um, that's Peter Cullen. Yeah. Peter Cullen, yeah. But I mean, you look at um, Spider Man, uh, Space Stars, Frank, Tom and Jerry Comedy Hour, Richie Rich, like all these classic comics. Inspector mm-hmm. Gadget. He was Doctor Claw and in Inspector yeah. Gadget. Um, you know, so a, an amazing career. And it, dude, it took me back. Oh, to he's the kid he's again. this. He's the Swiss Army knife of, of voice actors, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> and so. it took me back to being a kid again, hearing Frank Welker as Fred, yeah. which I, I thought was great. The moment I knew it was him, I was like, oh, man, this is like I'm in love with this movie already. So, uh, But, yeah, amazing voice cast. And you were more familiar with the the Brave and the Bold than I was because I've, never, yeah, I've yeah. never seen Brave and the Bold. Yeah, I would say probably – I forget. I think it ran for three, four seasons. I think it sounds about right. Uh, if memory serves correctly, and I probably have seen about maybe half uh, that exists out there. Never kind of as a full long run. This is where characters like the Music Meister are from, and all these other things where Neil Patrick Harris played the Music Meister originally, um, and all these you know very notable you know classic characters have, have been around for ever and a half. Um, but they pull from some amazing classic DC characters, and um, this movie was no exception. Um, they probably had next to probably Lego the Batman, uh, like Lego Batman movie. Lego the Batman. Lego the Batman. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, the Lego Batman movie. Um, I think there was probably even more villains and more obscure villains in this animated film than the Lego Batman, movie, Dude, which was, was impressive. I was excited to see King Tut. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, we saw, um, you know, like I mentioned, we saw King Tut. We saw Deadshot, obviously. Uh, it was really cool hearing Tara Strong doing Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, two characters yeah. who are side by side with each other in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, she got to do both of them at the same time, which was great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love the voice casting that they do for these characters because they harken back to you kind of like a 50s, 60s feel and vibe. Even the de- redesigns of a lot of these characters that we've never seen before, even on Brave and the Bold, uh, they did a really beautiful job of all these beautiful little touches to make them feel like they're part of of uh an era gone by uh it really harkens back to again as i said that 50s and 60s which feels so nice with uh scooby-doo in the mix you know yeah it's a it was really a nice uh you know a a nice homage just so much and it really harkened back to the older scooby-doo movies as opposed to the newer scooby shows that are that exist out there right now but uh i i thought just even just the setup mystery in the movie with uh, Mystery Incorporated, uh, Incorporated looking into and accidentally capturing Batman in the process of it and realized the whole thing was Detective Chimp and Martian Manhunter setting up Mystery Inc. just to basically put them through the paces to join, what was it, the 
a mystery an- uh, analysts of Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Which was just awesome. I loved the fact that they did that. But like we had a really good DC heroes slate in this. We had Plastic Man, Black Canary, you know, Martian Manhunter, Detective Chimp. Of course, Aquaman, because okay. it's Brave of the Bold and uh, and Batman, of course, in this mix as well. And it's funny. So, too, and uh, oh, and the question who is uh, turned out to be a very important member of this whole mix. Yeah. Yeah. Very important to the storyline of the of the entire show uh, or the entire movie, rather. And I just learned something. Uh, I was looking at the, the voice actor of um, uh, who did the voice of Aquaman because he was quite honestly. one oh. of the I can already tell you who that was. Well, I know who it is now because I've already looked, <laughs> and I just learned something very interesting. I just recently started watching Futurama, uh, and he is the voice of Bender on Futurama as well. Yep, that's John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. You've also ever watched uh, – he's actually done quite a few DC things. If you've ever watched Batman Under the Red Hood, uh, a fantastic uh, DC animated movie, I think. Uh, John DiMaggio does a excellent – and I mean excellent Joker in that. He so. will he will be the voice of Chief Bullock in the upcoming Gotham by Gaslight movie too. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, dude, Aquaman. You heard it in the beginning. I mean, we chose a line a line of the week from the movie. You heard it in the beginning. It, Aquaman to me, and this is going more now into some of our favorite moments from it. But dude, Aquaman stole the show for me. Oh and yeah, the I, scenes I, that he was he's... in. He's always – if you ever want to watch two of the best episodes of Batman Brave and the Bold, um, there is an episode with when Mera and Aquaman are driving cross-country on vacation with their kids. Dri- again, driving? Driving. <laughs> and the whole stipulation is he's not allowed to go and run off and do any super heroics. And every time he has an opportunity, he disappears and comes back to Gotham to try to randomly help Batman out in one way, shape, or form. Um, and kind of pulling this whole double, double duty thing back and forth and just becoming more increasingly mentally challenged and ragged as the episode goes on. And it is truly amazing. Uh, there's also another one, too, where it is uh, Ryan Choi's version of the Atom and Aquaman shrink down and basically do a inner space inside Batman. Oh, my God. Which is by far to this day my absolute number one favorite episode of Batman Brave and the Bold. And probably the closest runner up after that would probably be the finale with Batmite. But that show did something truly amazing. So I, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch, um, you know, watch the 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 Brave and the uh, watch Brave and the Bold because it's man, uh, if it's anything like what this movie was, I'm going to I'm going to love it. It, it. it very much is every second of the way, nonstop. It is pure insanity. And one thing I really appreciate with that show is they a lot of those episodes have a two to three minute micro Batman episode in the beginning of almost every episode with right. him teaming up with another random hero to take down a couple people. And it's it's this these great little slices like it feels like the back of a comic book where you got that tiny little bonus story. And uh, so many of them start off that way. And it's a, it's a ton of fun. All right. So. I'm going to have to go check it out. Uh, but other than, you know, me mentioning, you know, Aquaman being some of my favorite you know, Aquaman being part of some of my favorite moments from this. What about you? What are some of your what are some of the standout favorite moments of this for you? Uh, I got to say for me, one of the things is I never got to see the question originally in Brave and the Bold. So when he showed up in this and I'm like, oh, cool, it's the question. And it looks like the um, Paul Dini, um, you know, Bruce Tim verse version of the question from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Then I heard the voice and I'm like, it's the same voice actor. Holy crap. 
and he was one of my absolute favorite characters from Justice League Unlimited. So um, when I got to hear him again, I just kind of got super giddy and excited, and I was just <laughs> so happy. And the fact that we kept getting these little appearances by him, I was just just honestly just gobsmacked and just just delighted that <laughs> I was watching this this film. So uh, so anytime I get more classic question, the the happier I am. So let me ask you because I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the character of the question. Is it a, is it a mask? Yes, it is a mask. Okay, so there actually is a person with a face underneath that. Yes, he's okay. he's a hardcore conspiracy theorist. Okay, um, and just a really incredibly wonderful character. Um, somebody that you know from Batman history and lore, uh, who has appeared very briefly on the first season of Gotham, actually later becomes the second question, which is Rene Montoya. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um. So a lot of your favorite moments, and I'm assuming if you if you compare the two, if you go Scooby Doo on one half and Batman on the other, more of your favorite moments came more towards the the Batman Brave and Bold aspect of the um, movie. There was a moment that was a beautiful little mixture of the two. I know it, and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're gonna if you know exactly which one it's gonna be, but it may not be the one. It is when Blockbuster and or is I can't remember if it's Blockbuster or Cinder Block. Uh, no, it was Blockbuster. Blockbuster and Bane come running up to the back of the mystery machine, and uh, in a stupid, over-the-top Scooby-Doo gag, you see you know, Scoob and Shaggy doing this whole fake tailgating party and spray <laughs> them with mustard and relish. And I'm like, man, I don't know why, but that just made me just fucking happy. <laughs> I thought you were actually going to go with the Chacos moment. Um, that is that that is the next one, too, which was the consistent usage of chacos uh and stealing cookies from <laughs> in the episode with martian manhunter the best being obviously as uh we find out later in the film when the mr ink team and batman are framed by the big bad um they are being chased down by the other members of the justice league and martian manhunter running up behind the batmobile and you just see you know there's only one way to stop him and you see flamethrower and then anti-martian deterrent right below it <laughs> and as he hits the button a box of cookies comes flying out of the <laughs> yeah. Batmobile and Martian Manor just stops dead in his tracks. And it was just amazing. <laughs> uh, but they really had fun writing this and they really just hit the nail on the head. I think anytime that they had a joke, they all felt like they landed. I don't think any of them really were kind of like, oh, that was rough. Yeah. Because um, when they're rough in Scooby-Doo, they, they, they really messed up. But I mean, even those over the top bad puns, the over the top alliteration that's part of Batman Brave and the Bold normally all of that stuff fit together so beautifully here. And it was this wonderful love letter to not just old school Batman, but Scooby-Doo. And they, I think they really, really succeeded. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I know one of my, um, another one of my favorite moments that leans more towards the Scooby-Doo aspect. I don't know. It, it kind of, it leads towards both a little bit. Uh, but there was a moment with, uh, uh, Velma and detective chimp when they were looking at the vials that were missing. And every time Detective Chimp would say something that it was supposed to be, Velma would answer the question. And she'd be like, no, no, because it's right here. Like, she was just yeah. making it very obvious that Professor Ch that Detective Chimp, for some reason, was like a moron. And uh, he's actually was... not, too. No, the funny I, part. Yeah. He, he, he's incredibly intelligent. But I love the fact that he's doing this very classic deduction. And Velma's just like, no, I'm the brains of the operation for the Scooby gang. I'm just going to say and blurt out exactly what's going on. But I love the fact that she even did that around Batman, though, too. And, you know, the the Riddler's questioning that was happening. Uh, 
you know, early on where it's the riddles come up and she's like, oh, it's this. And it's even the riddler is like, I like this person. Like they all fit together very beautifully, which leads to easily one of the other best moments of this, which was probably one that you may be bringing up uh, when we see this quick moment in the Batcave, um, which is when we see the classic Robin suit, the old school disco Nightwing suit, um, (laughs) (laughs) the original Batman suit, Ace the Bat Hound and Batgirl. Yeah. And as you even said when we talked beforehand, you knew they were going to show up at the end. Like, oh, how convenient! You know, and the number of uniforms there are. And look, Ace the Bat Hound. Well, that's what that's what did it for me too. When you, when you're going down and you see the Batman costume, Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. They're paying tribute to all these other ones. Wait a minute, Ace the Bat Hound. They're all going to be wearing these costumes at some point. Otherwise, why would you even bring up Ace the Bat Hound? But the the funny thing is, and I didn't think about it until they actually did it. And when I realized that they were going to, I was like, well, who's going to wear what? And you could kind of put a couple of them together. But when Velma came out as Robin, I was like, oh, my God, she looks like Carrie Kelly from The Dark Knight Returns. And I never saw that before. And that was such an ingenious thing to do. And when I saw that, I'm like, that was absolutely pure, brilliant writing. Um, you know, obviously seeing Daphne as, as Barbara Gordon, that had this very classic, iconic look. Obviously, Scooby as Ace worked really well. And then you got to Shaggy and, you know, Fred, which just looked awkward and out of place. But yeah. The, the three of them, though, looked like they were part of a normal Batman like moment somewhere in time and in the history of the comics. Yeah. But the Carrie Kelly bit with Velma, I thought was just absolute brilliance i thought Uh, and i was really blown away by that i thought there was (laughs) there was a moment at the end of it um when you know they're all standing you know that everything's done and over with everybody's still in their costumes but i love the fact that you know harvey bullock knew that these people in the costumes were the scooby gang who he had just recently met but yet he still couldn't figure out that batman was bruce wayne two people he's known probably for his entire career but i mean i put those two and two together but I kind of loved that that joke existed through even this, that they were kind of like, what's the biggest mystery of all is yeah. who, who you really are. And it was like, you're this loving, caring, you know, like giant teddy bear of a human being. And he was <laughs> don't like, tell anyone. Don't, don't tell anybody, you know. <laughs> and it was I, I thought that was I it was just cheesy enough that it it was. Well, actually, no, not just cheesy enough. It was so cheesy. It worked. Yeah. I know one other favorite moment of mine, too, very quick, uh, but there was a moment when they all switched out of the Mystery Machine into the Batmobile, which suddenly had a backseat conveniently. Yeah, (laughs) I thought that, too. Sorry, Uh, I got to bring that score down to a (laughs) 9.75. Unbelievable. Absolutely. (laughs) But when the Mystery Machine, you know, when they're leaving the Mystery Machine, I'm like, oh, no, not another Mystery Machine. And then the Mystery Machine goes off the bridge and you hear Daphne say, like, you know, Oddly, we lose a lot of mystery machines this way. Yeah, that that oh. made me chuckle a little bit because there that... was a line, there was a Aquaman line early on though that was like I was kind of like that may have been in bad taste, um, <laughs> which was uh, when they were trying to discuss uh, Batman's unsolved case, which is the whole plot of this um, this film, uh, as you know the mystery, uh, you know, sorry, yeah, what was it, mystery analysts of Gotham all have their individual case files of unsolved crimes. And Batman only has one while everybody else has obscene amounts. Um, and they're going into this building that has some correlation to this case. And obviously you will hear Batman keep hearing this voice calling his name constantly through this. 
And he has this pensive look on his face, and Aquaman comes up behind him, and he's like, what's the matter, Batman? Did you lose another Robin? And I'm like, ooh, that's kind of a hard <laughs> That's thing. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of rough, because <laughs> he's had a lot of Robins die on him and being horribly, brutally murdered. And I'm like, that was uh, that was pretty intense. Yeah, that, um, that was kind of rough. But I, 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 when I heard that, though, I was like, I laughed out loud, and then I was like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but that was that was kind of a great line though. At the same time, oh, it was so, absolutely, was. especially coming out of Aquaman because of how over the top and how much of a lunatic he is in <laughs> in, in the show, uh, and especially in this movie. And I think they played him up just just enough because at the moment that you're starting to realize, man, I wish they'd bring Aquaman back and like, ta da, you well, know, there he is. It's funny too because again, like this was my first foray into Brave and the Bold version of Aquaman, so. When he does, you know, I loved the whole opening fight with him. That's where our, our line of the week comes from at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, there's so many moments, like still, oceanography. Like, there's so many great moments from that opening scene that I was the same way. I was like, oh, I really hope we get to see Aquaman again later, you know, now that he's not a part of the group. And then when he drops in as Sherlock Holmes, and I'm like, yes, that's Aquaman in disguise. Like, I was so excited just to see him pop up again. So, I mean, other than, you know, obviously uh, the stuff that we've mentioned already with Aquaman and, and the voice cast and anything, is there anything else that really kind of stands out to you for for this movie? Uh, I, I think the only thing I would have loved to have seen maybe them do a little bit was I would have loved to have seen them toss in maybe um, a couple Scooby villains. You know, I, I think that would have been kind of cool if you got to see maybe when like that whole portal opened up that was part of the Riddler's evil plan. Uh, if it just unleashed a whole bunch of fake ghosts, you know, <laughs> or or uh, maybe some of the, the DC villains dressed up as some of Mystery Incorporated's, you know, classic, classic uh, villains, because I was kind of led off a little bit because of, uh, you know, the way that you and me both watch this was via Plex. And uh, they even state in the Plex description, uh, classic Scooby-Doo villains. So I was kept waiting for it to happen. It never did. But I don't think that's a knock against the movie at all i think it's that's a knock against a really bad write-up one plex yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so um but I, I i honestly have to say i i wish we had another one now <laughs> a, a second movie yeah i want another one right now <laughs> well we could just go back and rewatch this one which is probably but, what we're both gonna end up doing sometime in the next well, day or two well, I, I just want a show of this now, actually, uh, of the, the Mystery Analysts of Gotham show, and it's Scooby-Doo and Batman characters, Brave and the Bold, and just a continuation of this. Because, oh, my God, that would be amazing. Oh, God, because there's no reason that Warner Brothers can't do this. I mean, but <laughs> I would I, I would love them to do it, though. I, I, I had so much fun with this, and a, a lot more fun than I ever anticipated or expected. Yeah. So I, this was this was this really wonderfully pleasant surprise of my week. And uh, I, I, this will be something I will definitely rewatch numerous times. And if they this ever got a theatrical re- like release for any reason, for some stupid dumb thing, I would probably pay to see it. So hey, they did I'm it not... for. Uh, um, oh my god, they did it for Killing Joke. That's but, it. I mean, That's it. Uh, but I mean, we would have heard about something by now if they were going to do this. But if, if there ever was, I would, in a heartbeat, sit down and go do it. Uh, and I'm kind of sad because I have that uh, huge cartoon thing I've got to do in about a month. And I'm like, can I just put this on? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I don't see why you couldn't. Well, I've got four hours. And I don't, if I had a whole day, I absolutely would. But oh. Oh, uh, yeah. so but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very 
you know, I'm, I'm, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, and uh, one other thing that still threw me, though, and I don't know if you caught this and it just left left you scratching your head during the Arkham Asylum breakout uh, as uh, Scooby and Shaggy are in the cafeteria. Who puts giant butcher knives inside of burgers in an insane <laughs> asylum? <laughs> Do you know I thought that too? I was like, well, not only that, but I was like, who's eating in this cafeteria? And it's a, you know, and I love how dark and evil and just twisted Arkham Asylum looks. And he gets in the cafeteria and it's like, it looks like a diner. It looks like a <laughs> so, high school cafeteria. Yeah, exactly. Does. I'm like, who's um, eating in this cafeteria? Because the but, inmates aren't. Uh, crack me up though, just having that thought process. But I even love like the things where like Harley pulls out the mallet and is like, "Where did that come from?" She's like, "I don't know, but I'm going to hit you with it." <laughs> kind of, kind of these moments that it was just all these little things that it was so self aware. I love that we got the classic hallway running gag. Oh my god, uh, yeah, know, that's right, and, which was done so incredibly well. Um, but yeah, man, this was just fun. Um, and I know we didn't really give away much of the plot uh, in this. You know, honestly, and the reason for that too is I just just watch it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you get almost every classic Batman villain in the mix makes an appearance in some way, shape or form. Some that you don't ever think should ever appear anywhere made an appearance here. And uh, it yeah, was who, who's blast. the one with the clock head? Oh, that was a clock king. Oh, clock king. OK. Yep. Yep. Uh, but man, like, you know, uh, great job, though, with having the Riddler and uh, Clayface is kind of the two big bads in the mix. Um, and they did did such a great job with that. I love that they brought back the the, the pseudo looking classic dehydrator uh, was in the mix in this from the <laughs> Batman 66 film, uh, but brought in for a different reasoning, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, the nicely done, really, really nicely done. Yeah, I was I was very pleasantly pleased with this. Uh, and uh, it, it will be one that I will end up watching multiple times. Uh, it'll be one of those ones that I just break out when I'm looking to watch a cartoon and I want something fun. And this is it'll be perfect. It's one of those things. If you're having a bad day and you grew up in the time frame that, you know, Ben or I did, uh, this is a beautiful love letter to classic Scooby-Doo and really old school comics. And uh, it, it worked on so many levels yeah. and uh, with just the right amount of just insane absurdity from beginning to end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's pretty safe to say, too, that this is going to be our recommendation this week. Absolutely. Without yeah. question, uh, I know I'm even going to find that recommendation and probably watch it again tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just get that out of the way now. Our recommendation for this week, watch Scooby-Doo and Batman Brave and the Bold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that wraps it up with the conversation with the movie. Uh, the couple news stories that are out, we apologize by the time you're listening to this, there have been a couple more. Um, you know, again, we're recording this a little early, so there may be another story or two that drops between now and this time. But you'll see us posted on the Facebook page, so you know we've seen it, you know it'll be out there. But as of now, what's out there in the news for DC? Okay, so not a ton, um, but and a lot of these are much smaller news stories than the average week. Uh, but because we talked about animation, let's just lead in right with that. Um, we know one of the next upcoming animated features uh, that's just a couple weeks away. Um, or actually, no, sorry, that would be Gotham by Gaslight, if memory serves correctly. Um, or am I wrong on that? No, I think you're right. I think it's, um, I forget what the release date keep talking and i'll have the yeah, release yeah. Date in a second but one of the next ones coming up and we know we had another suicide squad uh, squad movie coming up we now know exactly who is in the mix for this uh we know the squad will be comprised of the bronze tiger captain boomerang 
Killer Frost, Copperhead, uh, and obviously Amanda Waller will be in the mix. We're going to see also a return of Zoom. Uh, they actually also have, as they put listed here, Scandal Savage, which I think they meant Vandal Savage. Professor uh, Professor Pig, we will see Silver Banshee. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, Scandal Savage and Vandal Savage uh, and Vertigo in the mix here. Um, and then there's a couple other characters that will be in the mix as well. Um, I think we'll also be seeing Tobias Whale and Blockbuster in the mix Wow, this is a stacked cast, <laughs> uh, and it just keeps going and going and going. But what is very notable is the voice casting that has been done or for the two leads. Deadshot being played by none other than Christian Slater, and fan favorite Tara Strong coming back to come back as Harley Quinn. So I don't really think you could do anybody other than Tara Strong as Harley Quinn. Yeah, nowadays, I mean, Arlene, Arlene Sorkin was this classic version of this character for so long that we all know and love. But if you have to pass the torch to anybody, Tara's done such a great job. So I'm happy that she's continuing uh, bearing the torch of Harley Quinn after Arlene Sorkin retired. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, we did get uh, that one uh, who Melissa Rauch played her. Uh, and surprisingly, very well done. Yeah, uh, I was actually very happy with that. And uh, one of those movies I still go back and watch, even though I'm probably one of the few people that has. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, let's continue the animation trend and uh, let's go to the movies. With well, real quick, t- um, uh, January 23rd is digital download of Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. That is really soon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as I said, let's uh, head over to the movies and let's do that very specifically with Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which is such a great name for a movie, uh, especially considering the Teen Titans Go TV show. Um, and I love if you really are curious what the movie is called. It says to the movies. <laughs> so, I need to watch the trailer um, for this. Uh, we'll watch it together after we wrap up. But the okay. first trailer for that is nail out there. Um, now, I want to say it is, uh, the movie is coming out August 3rd in theaters. So. Um, so good summertime movie. So not too, too far away. Thank you. Movie pass. Oh, so, (laughs) um, but let's, uh, stay in the realm of film right now. And, uh, there's a couple other things happening in the realm of Warner brothers. We've talked the last couple weeks about some of the changes happening to rate the ship of DC films. And sounds like officially, um, we're now hearing that Toby Emmerich has stated that, uh, straight off the bat, no more too many cooks in the, uh, you know, you know, well, too many cooks in the kitchen uh, when it comes to DC films. They said they are massively and I, they said massively streamlining everything. Um, according to this, uh, what the plan is, uh, is this means the newly promoted chairman of uh, Warner Brothers, Toby Emmerich, no longer ha- uh, will no longer need to green light by committee any longer for any DC properties and only has to answer to Kevin uh, Tishahara, who is the CEO of all Warner Brothers. So that now means this is now a direct piece with Toby Emmerich, uh, Jeff Johns and Walter Humada. Now, that is it. They are the ones in control of everything straightforward and that's all it's going to be now which is perfect and great to hear now it's nice to know marketing can't get in the way of problems after problems after problems uh you know sue kroll who's been around for a while everybody was saying who was a marketing person behind a lot of these films uh and there's a lot of people that said she had made some calls that were very uh did not work in the favor of a lot of these films and did some brand damage as well as in addition to the committee members and on the board of Warner brothers. Uh, but I, a lot of people are saying that uh, a lot of these things happening now and no longer being a part of the mix and allowing things to move forward. 
on their own and naturally is going to hopefully make a lot of big huge changes yeah. so uh and i don't i do want to preface too um i know sometimes people especially in the internet culture in geek culture specifically uh do a lot of um finger pointing at female you know executives and members causing the problems uh that's not what we're doing that's just there's been a lot behind the scenes bringing up suit Kroll for quite quite a few years um as uh warner brothers veteran uh marketing chief uh that is caused a few issues in the past and uh, there was a couple things that were brought up around things like justice league and suicide squad that she made some calls that were not very popular and caused some some serious problems when it got to studio filming and backlash and character designs and things like that that people were not very pleased with so um you know uh, she was i think the person that actually chose for them to exclude superman from any of the promotional materials for justice league even though everybody knew what was in it so um so <laughs> a lot of weird, bizarre choices that were made. But uh, I don't want to sh- show or state that, you know, me and Ben don't feel that you know women should be executive. No, that's, that's uh, not the case at all. Uh, but in, it's just what this situation here. A lot of people are very happy that the committee and people like Sue Crawl and a couple of the other people that were responsible for a lot of the bad decisions that were made are no longer a part of this mix anymore. Uh, knowing that we're down to basically four people that really have the final say in, one person out of those four really knows what he's talking about. It's a feeling that makes me feel a lot happier about the future of DC films. So, yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about something that me and Ben talked a little bit about last week. And now we know when episode four of Batman, the enemy within will be with us. And that is actually also on the 23rd. So January January 23rd is a very popular day for us. It's funny too, because I had actually posted this two days before you did. Yeah, on the page, um, but, but I, but we're so excited for it. I don't care that we posted it twice. Like it's, I it's saw it, it and immediately it was like post. Yep. <laughs> I didn't even look. I was just like, woohoo. That's it. And that's so. exactly how I took it too. When I saw you post it, I was like, I posted this the other day, but you know what? I don't care because I'm excited and I'm probably sure he is too. I really am. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I'm like, people, know, people must know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I have no problem shilling for that game. And, uh, I know you don't either, nope. especially uh, there was even uh, yeah, Paul, uh, Paul Williams, uh, who was even saying this really quickly under one of our articles, kind of saying that, that he was just so bizarrely, insanely happy to listen to us talk about those episodes, uh, that last episode and just be like, I'm so happy people are enjoying this as much as I am because this is amazing. I have to and say, just that ahead. flip that flip between Joker and Harley is something really inspiring and cool and awesome. Yeah, and I have to say, too, uh, on that note, uh, on the note of Paul, I'm very excited. Uh, we're kind of making the unofficial announcement now. Paul's joining the network officially he now. Uh, he's bringing his his horror podcast that he's in development now to uh, the Next Level Network right now, and it's called uh, – I think it's Podcast Zero. Uh, what what lies beyond Podcast what lurks, Zero? What lurks. Or what lurks beyond. Oh, but, I, beyond but I think yeah. that's just the name of Facebook page. Yeah. I think the podcast itself is called Podcast, podcast Zero. Zero. And his, but brilliantly, being the horror buff that he is, he named the Facebook page for it "What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero," which I think is is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we can give him a, a, a quick shout out about that too. Um, Facebook dot com slash What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. Yeah, so, and if you didn't get a chance to, if you're not familiar with Paul, aside from being a good friend of ours, uh, uh, go back um, probably about ten fifteen episodes. I would say sounds about right. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, check out the Swamp Thing episode that me and him did. Uh, it was Swamp Thing and Constantine, which was a ton of fun to do. And we just had a blast geeking out about 
uh, horror um, and DC horror at that. So, and I'm, uh, I'm re- I, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm really looking forward to the next time we bring him in on this show because I would love the three of us to be able to do an episode together too. And so. I think I'm wrong. I think the the name of the podcast actually is What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. I think I'm nice. correct. Yeah, which it still works. It's still a great name. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy that people are enjoying, um, you know, uh, you know, the enemy within, uh, which is season two, uh, just as much as we are. So, yeah. and I really hope there's a season three when this is all wrapped up. I can't see uh, why there wouldn't be. I, I I think they probably will. Uh, but let's jump over to TV real quick. Uh, there's only a couple of stories before we get out of here for the night. One of them uh, I'm excited the, about. The TCAs were this past week. And even though the CW uh, had their TCA night the same night as the Golden Globes, they did state specifically it's a little early for them to bring up too much about uh, show renewals. And this was coming from CW President Mark Pedowitz. Uh, he did say right off the bat that the future is looking incredibly bright for every one of their superhero shows uh, coming back next year. Uh, they said there's no reason to state that any of them would not be returning. Uh, and he says, we're noted uh, we're noted for announcing at Winter TSA that we're picking up shows. We just weren't ready to do that yet. Uh, a couple more weeks, and we'll probably get around to it. I'm pretty confident we'll see them all back. So um, that sounds like a very good um, admission that that's all happening. This is probably more because of signing contracts. Yeah. More than anything else. Yeah. So. I, I didn't think we would have any issues next season. It, I think it's the season following that we, well, I, think we might, I think we might see our first first casualty of the Arrowverse the following year. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and it's a wait and see. I mean, they made to say it's time to wrap up one or two shows just to make room for something different, which I would be OK with as well. So uh, as long as the Arrowverse continues and they, we know the characters don't go away, as we even said last week. So yeah, exactly. And going into Supergirl, we got to see a ton of photos come out this past week of showing not only Saturn Girl, but Monel and uh, a lot of uh, awkward looking shots of Brainiac 5 <laughs> suited up uh, for the very first time coming up on Supergirl uh, in their episode coming out of break. And as our good friend Shad puts it, they all look like they're dressed out of a, uh, a late 90s, early 2000s X-Men movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say Saturn Girl doesn't look bad. Monel definitely looks very x y uh, he just looks like he's missing Cyclops' visor, and uh, Brainiac 5 looks down, downright horrific. Um, not a great look for that character whatsoever. Uh, but I did see a lot of news stories coming out that the people that have seen the episode have stated when you do see the character, you actually ends up are able to look past it. So it's good to know. Uh, but I am uh, I, I will state currently my, my viewpoint is uh, I'm a little creeped out by the way that uh, his design is, but uh it's again it'll be a wait and see for monday night yeah so. i'm looking at the picture right now and it is kind of this is the first time i'm seeing the brainiac 5 one it is kind of creepy uh little little unsettling that hair is a little <laughs> yeah uh, it, it's, it's, it's early doc brown but, so. but it's very androidish, which is very is. fitting for the character so i mean yeah i mean it, it, it seems right but uh, you know what was wrong with green skin and spiky red hair it is, it's it's very doc brown meets data yeah, and I don't know if I'm okay with that. Let's <laughs> uh, give us classic Brainiac Five. There's nothing wrong with his his old design. He was actually a really fun looking design, but yeah. I, I maybe it's too many green characters on Supergirl now. So, uh, but jumping over to Legends of Tomorrow, Mark Pedowitz came out at the TCAs, and it sounds like we were right. We were right. We were right. Uh, you may see Wally West show up on Legends. You'll have to watch and see. I'm so excited uh, if this happens. Which, very much just sounds like 
Wally West is on Legends. <laughs> Tune in soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it sounds like indeed that is who's replacing it, which I'm really happy to see that um, we're going to see, uh, you know, the character gets some love because, man, it was not happening on The Flash, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see them adding a speedster. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really pumped to see. A speedster um, that's not against them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing Wally on this show. I think this is a really great fit, and it allows his character to mature. So Yeah. Um, if you are waiting and are excited as much as Ian Ben are for Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, you can already run, uh, run over to IGN and look at their early review of Black Lightning, the first episode titled The Resurrection. Uh, and I am very, very happy to report that out of a rating of 10, uh, they gave the show a 8.5 and said CW has done it again and has come out of the just box swinging again with a superhero show and bringing something brand new fresh and exciting and said not only that you can strip away all of the super heroics and this is already a great show on its own even without that so they said just adding the dc flair to it already they said you have a lot to be excited for black lightning apparently the biggest weak link was the big bad out of all of it and said just from the first episode and they said it's not that he's bad it's just some of the underlings actually over, overshadowed him in the uh, pilot episode. Okay. I'm still so, excited to watch it. Yeah. I mean, uh, an 8.5 is nothing to scoff at, especially for IGN for uh, the CW shows. So uh, that sounds like uh, we've got a lot to be excited about. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, they did state the Green Lanterns. And not just the Green Lanterns, but also the Omega Men could have a large role in Krypton at sci-fi. Uh, they did say they will probably be included somewhere during season one, hands down. Uh, but they did say they were told straight off the bat, they are, they are not. these characters are not off the board. They belong in this universe and will most likely all be making appearances. Uh, so they said, be ready, be excited. And um, Jeff Johns even went on to say, even over the Arrowverse shows, they were allowed to be even more comic book accurate and specific and to the point in the show even over what they're allowed to do at cw so they said if you want to show that as like comic book canon um like just going through wikipedia articles on who these characters are they said this is this the, the dc show for you and that was the one that was written for you is krypton so they said there's a lot to enjoy and love so um I, and i didn't even realize too that david goyer was uh one of the other people that's responsible for the show so uh, it's David Goyer and Jeff Johns are responsible for this, for this whole project. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued now. I just hope this whole uh, promotion of the Green Lantern Corps showing up isn't like a one and done kind of thing episode for this series. Yeah. You know, I hope it's m multiple episodes or at least reoccurring as this goes. But it does um, make a lot of sense because this is a it, it does take place on another planet. And, you know, Green Lantern Corps is all over the universe. So it, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, at the TCA's, um, you know, uh, David Goyer did state this very specifically, saying uh, this show, this is the gateway into DC science fiction universe stuff. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's like, when uh, asked whether we might see things like the, the Green Lantern Corps apocalypse and New Genesis, they say openly, because we act actively go into the Phantom Zone, uh, and the Phantom Zone figures into the show, it means we can definitely go into other times, other planets, uh, and... They said with the inclusion of Adam Strange, that should chip you off that this is not going to be just set on Krypton. Because um, obviously, you know, Adam Strange has connections to not only Earth, but Ran as well. And said, we're talking about adding the Omega. They talked about adding the Omega Man very early on. Um, they said this whole thing is uh, set to feel like a classic mystery in space. 
and that's what the show is going to mean. That was stated by Jeff Johns. So they said there's a big mystery element to this entire show. This is not just a, this is Superman's grandfather. This is straight up. But uh, to go on a little bit more, Jeff Johns did say this, you know, as far as why it wasn't a time traveler like Booster Gold uh, or the Linear Man or something like that. He said, Adam Strange, one of the great things about him is uh, this is really his core story is that on Earth, he just kind of blends in. He's an average man, but when he travels via the Zeta Beam to another planet like Ran, he becomes his hero. He finds the hero within himself. And so that conceit in the Zeta Beam technology plays into Adam Strange, who is able to travel from planet present day to past Krypton, and it's unlike any other hero. He's the unlikely choice to shoulder the burden of trying to stop someone from the present, uh, from the present trying to destroy Superman's legacy, which is what Krypton as a show is all about. So um, the fact that that's what this whole series is about, this destroying Superman as a hero. Uh, by going into the past is something it's so basically this is back to the future starring Adam Strange. Adam Strange. Yep. Um, so it's kind of exciting. And they did confirm again, Hawkwoman, Doomsday, uh, most likely the Omega Men and the, uh, the Green Lantern Corps, uh, classic characters like Brainiac uh, will all be making appearances. And they said that is just the tiniest fraction of the DC her- heroes and villains we have planned for this show. All right. I'm intrigued. Um, so um we don't have much longer to wait, so uh, I forget what the official start date of this is. Uh, I believe March twenty first. So okay, uh, and that wraps up the news for us. Uh, all right. Well, our recommendations are already out of the way since we said that we're going to recommend. We're both going to recommend Scooby Doo and Batman: Brave and the Bold. Uh, definitely an animated film that you guys should check out, especially if you guys have nostalgia for Batman cartoons or even Scooby Doo cartoons. Uh, if one or the other, especially both, just check out. Scooby-Doo, Batman, Brave and the Bold. It's only 74 minutes. E- easy, a little over an hour, you can knock it out. Yeah, so. no problem. Um, cheap plugs, and then we can get out of here and uh, go do what we got to do. But from, uh, yeah. you can check out uh, my other podcasts as well as this one, all part of the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. As we mentioned, Paul's podcast soon coming to the network as well as a couple other podcasts in development as well. This network keeps growing, and there's a little something for everybody if you check it out. Uh, facebook.com slash DC Primetime is a Facebook page for us. Uh, and that wraps it up for my end. Uh, you can always find me, too, at Next Level through the Captain Crew cast of pods. Uh, the last episode we had there, the Star Wars one, soon to be recorded, will be our Villains episode, which will be in the next week or so. And uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, aside from that, special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. You can go over to his site, check out his tunes, uh, aside from the ones you get to hear every week on this show. Yeah. Uh, and as we mentioned last week as well, we are doing now a fan of the week. Fan, damn it. Fan of the month, not a fan of the week. That would be too expensive. Uh, fan of the month. And all you got to do to be a part of the fan of the month and possibly be for uh, being fan of the month is just basically participate uh, as part of the community. Comment on things that you hear or uh, that you see on the Facebook page. Uh, message us things. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. 1-888-247-5380. Toll free in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, leave us a voicemail. Post, comment. Just be a part of the community, and you can be chosen to be part of the fan of the month that we're going to run through December. Uh, December uh, we're going to run through 2018, uh, and if you're chosen, we'll send you a goodie. That's basically as simple as that. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I guess that's that does it for us this week. Uh, yeah, that does. Uh, so thank you for being a part of the community. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just being as awesome as you are. Next week, all the shows return, minus DC Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we get the return of Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and the debut of Black Lightning, which we're both looking forward to. But until that time, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.